Hello, and welcome to Risk Chats with the Firm. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, we're talking about George Mason University's Chief Risk Officer Program. It's one of the few in, in the area, or really in the country, that has a focus for federal and government risk managers. So check it out. See if it's something that you're interested in if you're an up-and-coming potential CRO. I think this is the program for you. Now let's talk to Brett. Hello and welcome to the podcast. All right, so today we want to focus on ERM education and no better guest than uh, Mr. Brett Josephson uh, to help us with that. So uh, good morning, Brett. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Absolutely. So why don't you uh, just give our audience a little background on yourself. What do you do? What's your day job? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Dr. Brett Josephson. I'm the Associate Dean for Executive Development at George Mason University. I'm a marketing professor in the School of Business. I've been leading the initiative uh, as we look out into ERM and Chief Risk Officer programs uh, for about two and a half years now. All right. Well, excited to have you here. And, uh, the reason we invited you was to definitely talk about your program over there for the chief risk officers. So why don't we just dive right into that? Could you just give us a little bit of, um, you know, background on the program, how it came about, why you all decided to to start up a, a CRO program? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the CRO program at Mason has been in development and in production now for about four or five years. Uh, it is one of the initial programs that we looked at into expanding into really the federal space, uh, both federal and commercial space, of providing educational opportunity and a development opportunity for those individuals that were looking to accelerate their careers into those C-suites. And we saw uh, that there's, there's not a lot of work that was done or a lot, a lot of programs, especially in the ERM space that provided that useful transition for an individual to gain the requisite competencies, skills, and capabilities to step into that leadership role. And so as we were looking out with our partners and, and collaborators with our faculty at Mason, where their expertise lied, uh, where our market as you know, the, one of the largest university in the Commonwealth of Virginia and the biggest school in the Northern Virginia DC market, we looked at areas that related not only to faculty expertise, but also to where we saw emerging needs within the local market. And it was one that the university, you know, we looked at and said risk was just this natural marriage or natural bonding of unique expertise that faculty at the university possessed and such a critical and emerging need within the federal government. And so we started working very closely with partners around the area, uh, and we're, I know we're going to get to this in, in a little bit, but those individuals at RIMS and, and AFIRM, to develop a program to meet the need of this relatively newer role uh, that was coming into development, especially in the federal space. Right. Yeah. And this is, you know, I, I'm not aware of too many programs uh, like this in the universities around the country. So, I mean, there's probably just a couple. Of course, we want to talk about GMU, but, I, you know, this, I don't think there's too many out there. But, you know, what kind of makes this a unique program? Um, and obviously it makes sense to have it in the D.C. area. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there are a couple other programs, you know, you, you have, we have to recognize our, our collaborators, you know, we don't always like to say competitors in university spaces, but competitors. Um, yeah, you know, this, this is a, our program at Mason is, is a non-credit four-month program. Um, it is one that we look as unique, mostly in how it was developed and, and the, the mission and purpose of the program itself. Uh, when you look at, at programs across, uh, you know, whatever may be out there, especially in executive development phases, you generally get one of two types. It's usually a third party who is using the university as a platform to develop their programs, or it is, you know, some faculty member internal to that university or that school of business wants to do a two, three day or, or you know, a week long program. We looked at these models and said that the, the true programs, the, the true benefit to the individual who needs to accelerate and expand their career is when we combine not only the academic thought leadership of leading experts in that field from the kind of theory and, and, and knowledge base, but then also the industry practitioners and leaders who are on, you know, kind of, let's say on the job, they're on the ground every day working with with the struggles and what it means to, to be that level of C-suite. And so what really makes our program from the content perspective very unique is we took the academic perspective and married it with real practitioner experts and thought leaders in the the actual practice of ERM and the practice of being a CRO, join those two elements together so that an individual not only gets the frameworks and processes and theories from cutting edge knowledge creation from faculty, but then they're also getting the tools, processes, and frameworks of the how to do it in the day of the job from those practitioners who are leading uh, this within their own agencies or leading this within their own commercial companies. And that, as we look across, uh, you know, the space of programs or other kind of executive development offerings, career development offerings, that is relatively unique. You don't see a lot of universities combining what we think is the best of both worlds. Uh, and that went in intentionally with the development of the program. I'd say the, the last, or last thing that, that makes it unique is, as we know, or at least as, as we've, we've looked at the marketplace, we are the only uh, university that is focusing on the federal employment base. Uh, Mason is the largest provider of federal talent to the region. And so it is one that when we look at the development of programs, we actually have content that is specific to being a chief risk officer in the federal government. And that, you know, ties in very closely with our, our relationship with, with AFIRM of saying, how do we actually apply these principles and the unique aspect of these principles into the challenges that present themselves in the federal government? Yeah, that definitely makes me happy because, like I said, there's just there's just not much of this out there. So it's awesome that you all are uh, providing that that perspective and have some of those adjunct professors on staff with uh, the government experience. It's just you know unique and it's it's a great resource for everybody. So hopefully people are listening intently here. Um, so why don't you give us a little more information about so some details about the program as far as you know application kind of requisites what kind of folks you you think would would be the best to apply for uh, for the program yeah absolutely i'd happy to so we run this program right now it runs once per year uh, it's we like to say it's either a four or five month program depending on kind of how the calendar fits and how we fit things together um, over the last 
three years, we've always started the programs in October and then they end either in February or March, depending on, on how the calendar and, and the, the curriculum aligns. Um, what we've done with this is also relatively unique is this is a hybrid program through and through. So there is actually in-person modules at the front and back end of the program. So we actually start people in person in class uh, in our Arlington campus. And then they spend kind of a few days in person. Then they move into online topics for several months. Uh, and then they come back at the end and close actually in, in, in person. And that it's done intentionally. So you get the best, the, the best of both worlds in terms of flexibility and convenience of the modality of learning. Uh, but then you also get that in-person learning cohort and network where you see a lot of value where you get to collaborate and network with other professionals in this space. Um, and I'll come back to the end of actually how we tie the CRO program with some of our others uh, that we have in these kind of CXO roles or C-suite roles. But in terms of application process, we we run kind of a, a rolling application window. The program runs you know, once, once a year, generally in, in October, I think our dates for, for next year have been set. Uh, you know, we'll run it again starting October 2022. Uh, we have a current cohort right now, I think, of 18 CRO, uh, aspiring CROs going through the program as we speak. They'll end in a few weeks here at the first week of March. And what we look for for individuals who want to get into the program this really works best. Uh, we find, kind of see that the participants are taking two tracks or they've come from two different tracks. Um, this is more aligned for the aspiring CRO. Uh, this is one who sees themselves stepping into that function and they want to learn from academics and practitioners. What's my, you know, I wouldn't say what's my day going to look like, but what is the day in the life of a CRO and what do they actually need to do to be effective and efficient within the, the teams that they lead? So it's really designed for those maybe, you know, we kind of use the perspective of C minus one, C minus two, you know, kind of if you're one or two levels down from your CRO, but you aspire to be in that position, you see your career path taking you there. This is a great program to learn from those who have done it, the real thought leaders and step into your, your career. Uh, the other track is kind of non-traditional and we see this more in the commercial side, but there are some um, in the federal who come in their agency or their unit may now be tasked with some risk elements that maybe they weren't uh, in charge of before or their role has expanded. So we're actually getting people who come from like an operational background. They may be on the more COO track uh, or they may be in data or they could be in some other element that is now concerned with ERM principles. And so they take the program, you know, they're at that, uh, I'm trying to think like a GS schedule, like a GS 14 or 15 level. And they've now been asked to kind of understand what ERM is, you know, how to incorporate their division or their unit and their teams. And so they're taking the program to get that um, understanding from that leadership perspective. Uh, we do have some of those. It's not as common, but uh, they actually add a lot of uniqueness to the programs because they come in with a different perspective than someone who's been more classically trained in risk. Uh, I try not to put any sort of years preference or work experience. Uh, as someone who's relatively younger in terms of how soon I jumped into administration. Uh, so instead, I look at, um, you know, really what what's the job function you have? What are the roles and responsibilities that you currently have? Um, you know, are you leading teams? Do you have direct reports? Have you started to 
really be concerned about you know the 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 future state uh, of your organization the teams you're leading and and managing the full suite of of risk appetite for that organization that unit we see this as a really great program for those individuals they can learn from the best in the field real thought leadership and groom themselves to to really become that that leader that the agency needs moving forward um, in terms of you know no real other prerequisites. We don't really require anything else. This is just something of kind of you're motivated. You're, uh, you know, you, you see that in yourself and you're, you're want to take that next step in your career to get their career. We give uh, an executive certificate for this program. So you get that credential that says, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm really ready to step in into this, uh, this perspective or into this position. Right. And, but you do, uh, you kind of work with prospective, uh, students just to, you know, look at their resume, just kind of talk about it. Is this the, the right thing for you? You kind of do a little coaching with them? We do. Yes, absolutely. So our, our team, our support staff within executive development, which is housed in the School of Business at George Mason, uh, you know, they'll work with, with, with applicants. We'll walk through, we'll, we'll talk to them about, you know, is this program correct for them, right for them? Does it fit their needs? Um, and if it doesn't, you know, we don't want to put somebody into into a program that they're not going to be successful in, um, that they're not going to get the most out of. So, you know, we'll work with them. We'll we'll kind of go through and have that open discussion about, you know, what are they looking to gain out of it? What, you know, is this the right fit at this time in their career? Um, you know, so we we just because it is involved, you know, over those four or five months, uh, it it's a lot. Uh, you know, we call it a really mini EMBA. Um, you know, you're going to get, and this is something for, uh, you know, for the listeners, for the, for the ERM community, the risk community, we don't focus just on the technical aspects of how to be a CRO. Those are very important and you have to have them in the program. But one of the things that is, you know, kind of unique about our special sauce of what we're trying to do here is we actually touch on those broader leadership and business acumen skills because to step into a leadership role in an agency or a commercial company, a lot of your job, yeah, is setting up the technical frameworks, processes, procedures for a company, but it's also dealing with people. It's leading teams. Uh, it's going through negotiation and change management. It's understanding strategy. So we have to get the participant, and this is where the coaching comes in and, and the kind of enrollment help. It, if you that participant needs to start to be prepared to be able to start to get the most out of that more broad based kind of general manager training, uh, if they're too soon in their career or they're they're kind of too early in their ascension, uh, you know some of that may be lost uh, lost in translation. So we really try to spend time with them to make sure this is the right fit. Yeah, that's great. And uh, again, just to be clear, this is open to both government and and commercial. And I don't know if you have any feel for the balance or the students or, you know, but just curious. Yeah, it, it absolutely is open to both, um, depending on the cohort that we have. Um, so we generally get about 15 to 20 people in the class. Um, you know, we'd love it to be, a you know, we always want more um, to a certain point. We, you know, we, we also want to maintain a really good educational environment for, for the student who's, who's taking the class uh, or taking the program. Uh, but it is open to, to federal and commercial. We, what we do in our, in our course is actually you'll look through programming, and especially when you get to technical skills, that it will, I call it branching, that, you know, you'll talk about a topic 
maybe it's policy regulations and compliance when you look at a CRO specific topic. There is going to be some element of that that is universal to commercial and federal. But then we actually have professors in those programs who have the unique expertise in both situations. So you'll get content that is general to the role, but then we branch and actually then we'll have CRO government specific content and then CRO or federal specific content and then CRO commercial specific content. Um, so you know, I'm looking at our, our CRO schedule right now. Uh, they're currently going through scenario analysis and stress testing. So, you know, there's going to be parts of that topic area that are very germane to just a CRO specific, but then there's going to be elements that are then going to be relevant just for a federal employee versus those on the commercial side. Um, and what we found our mix uh, generally fluctuates between 60, 40%, 60%, 40% on any one side. It's not consistent from program to program uh, or cohort to cohort, but it's usually that kind of uh, either 60% will be federal or 60% will be uh, commercial. And it just seems to be kind of wherever the market is for that particular class. But uh, it's it's a fun group. It's one that I like talking to a lot because of their experience. And you get that real gelling of of worlds from the government and the commercial side. Yeah, sounds really, really interesting. And yeah, of course, I, I'm sure that what you teach there is applicable to to any sector, honestly, I mean, these are all fundamental skills and, and it's good that for commercial people to understand the government and vice versa. And, and I mean, CROs move between government and commercial. I've seen that a lot too. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think we talked about kind of how long the program is and how that works. Um, how about just a little bit more about, tell us about the types of teachers, professors that you have, if you don't mind, just a little bit of the mix, what their backgrounds tend to be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll start with the Mason side and we can switch to our, our, I would say our industry partners, our broader Mason family. One of the things that we've tried to be very intentional with, with at least the Mason side is getting the right professor in that classroom. Um, not every press professor is, is kind of attuned or geared to teach to actually an executive audience that, that is one that takes a little bit more I would say training and, and, and time to develop as a faculty member because um, it's different than teaching an undergraduate audience. So we spend a lot of time working with the right faculty and they come from actually the, the entire scope of the university. Uh, so we pull faculty from, our, from the School of Business, uh, from our College of Engineering or School of Engineering, and then from other entities where we say they are thought leaders in an element that is relevant to a CRO or relevant to that C-suite. So they are our senior faculty, and we, we give the best faculty that we have into these programs, and it is really kind of a mark of pride uh, to be selected to teach into executive development. Uh, it's an invite-only process for professors, so it's something that they um, kind of internally compete with to get on and, and to do, because it's, it's a nice change from kind of teaching undergrads at times. Um, so we like to marry that or merge that with real thought leaders in that CRO space. And we were fortunate that some of the leadership, especially with, with A-Firm, when we were developing this project, uh, developing this program initially a couple of years ago, really came forward with some of, uh, I would say, the best and brightest minds in the CRO field, especially in that federal space, and worked, you know, rolled up their sleeves and worked with our faculty to build this program. And so those adjuncts, many of the advisory board members in our, in our chief risk officer program who initially built this program actually still teach in it. Uh, and so they are 
you know, well-respected members of the CRO community, you know, they're, they're big connectors into RIMS and the A-Firm, still writing, pol- I, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily policy, but thought pieces around what it means to be a CRO. And so it's a really nice mix of real senior level faculty members who understand teaching to not only an adult audience, but an executive level audience. Um, and then also, you know, those, those industry leaders who came from leadership of AFIRM and RIMS uh, to build out a lot of the real subject matter expertise that is the real kind of nitty gritty elements of being a CRO. Uh, so it's a nice mix of faculty. I, I really like this group. Great. Well, and I, I, want, I think you did touch on some of this already, but I, you know, I, I was wanted to give the audience some more of a feel about, you know, you go there, you take the program when you leave. I mean, what are some of the most critical skills that you believe they can gain from this program and maybe some of that's even some of the courses or the content of those courses. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The, there are three broad and, and as you said, uh, Paul, I kind of alluded to this before. I'm not doing a great job sticking to our notes, I guess, um, of, you know, these kind of three broad pillars of what we look into our program that there, you are going to learn and, and, about 50% of the content, 56% of the content is actually geared toward those really role or we'd say technical competencies. So we build really on providing that student, that participant, the competencies they need to succeed. So we look at that three broad pillars. You need the technical skills or competencies to perform the function of that role day in, day out. You need the business acumen competencies in order to provide value to the stakeholders to which you are serving, to which you're reporting to. Uh, and then you need the leadership competencies to effectively and efficiently lead the the teams and people under you and in and around you uh, in the team. So on the technical side, we spend a lot of time with our AFIRM members, with with the members of RIMS, with the leaders in the CRO community, say what are the pressing concerns that a CRO, CRO of today has? Let's focus around providing training and expertise in dealing with those challenges. Uh, so, you know, I alluded to some of the other one, uh, some of our topics earlier where we have, you know, scenario testing and analysis, risk compliance, um, or policy regulations and compliance. We talk about data analytics and metrics for ERM, uh, linking human-centered design principles to ERM. Uh, we added a new module this time that I'm really excited about on environmental and social government. So looking at ESG as it relates to ERM principles as so much of looks like President Biden's agenda and even in the commercial space, ESG has become such a prominent element of, of what risk professionals need to, to understand. So in this, the, the students are going to learn those, those principles and frameworks, policies, and, and, and procedures that they can start to leverage and implement in their organization. And not only the what to do, but the why and how to do it. And so we want to really build that foundational understanding of what you are trying to do. Why does this exist? What is it trying to accomplish? Instead of just giving you a, a framework of none of the understanding behind it. Uh, then we look at the, the other components. We really want to make you a well-rounded leader in the organization. So that comes to those other two uh, legs of the stool of business acumen, teaching you, uh, giving you tools to understand strategy, strategic thinking. Uh, understand how innovation happens within kind of the leadership roles, how to talk to different stakeholders and understand what they're looking for. Uh, and then we spend a lot of time on that interpersonal stuff. So you're going to learn how to uh, go through and understand change management and building uh, a collective 
building a cohesive team and building a group of people who are going to get behind you as you look to to establish your your new policies, your procedures, your new frameworks. Uh, you're going to learn and understand how to um, effectively communicate and work with diverse uh, diverse members of your team and how to be. You know, right now we talk a lot about relational leadership and and being somebody of um, not only integrity, but, you know, how do you be a leader for a team that somebody's going to get behind? And so, you know, spend a lot of those principles around, uh, spend a lot of that time in the program, um, you know, building those skills uh, to to really get your team to commit to you to get the most out of them as well. Um, so there are more details available if you go to the uh, business.gmu.edu website and you look into our CRO program. Uh, I don't have enough time or I'm not going to do them nearly as much justice as I should uh, of walking through. But um, yeah, just kind of an uh, initial example of kind of what the, the program entails. Right. No, I was just about to mention that. Yeah, we'll put a link to the website and the brochure in our on our webpage, So you also check it out. Um, well, great. So I think we're getting near the end here. And uh, I really just was want to get your perspective a little bit here since I got you on the line. Um, you know, what, what do you think are some of the, some of the trends in, in government commercial ERM? Uh, again, I mean, are you seeing an increased interest in people wanting to become a chief risk officer? You know, what's sort of the, the student market out there right now, so to speak? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, on the commercial side, you know, it's interesting that, uh, we, some of our advisory board members are seeing that the the market out there for risk professionals is getting incredibly intense and incredibly competitive. That some of the new compliance standards and auditing standards and the recognition of mitigation strategies and needing a, a firm, solid enterprise risk management plan and structure is so important to the success and and longevity of the organization on the commercial side is driving up the competitive market for people with these skill sets. Um, one of the one of our faculty members uh, in the program, who is a CRO at one of the the, nat- the largest banks in the world, talks about how right now one of his competitors, I think, was trying to hire. I think it is an example. It was like two or three thousand people who could fit into it, like a CRO position one day, and it's just driving the market for people with the skill set through the roof. Uh, and we see this in DC all the time, right? Where, you know, right now, if, if you have anything with data science in your name, the amount of need and um, desire for that skill set is enormous. And so what I see in the commercial side, not only in the CRO and the federal side, you know, we, when we teach, uh, we have other programs in executive development that focus on acquisition and, and working with the federal government. And it's interesting when I talk to contracting officers and program offices, one of the things that they are drilled constantly is risk mitigation, risk mitigation. Like when you hear them talk about programs and what they're trying to do, everything aligns to the government needs to get what it wants, but it has to, you know, it, everything has to be, you know, mitigated to risk or have a, a full risk framework for what this opportunity means for them. And so I see this as like if the CEOs and the program managers are constantly talking about this and we see not only the emerging areas like ESG, data science, cybersecurity, um, you know, obviously the pandemic through business continuity and supply chain resiliency to the forefront of what CROs have to pay attention to. But it just shows the need in the federal space is just enormous. Um, that some elements, some agencies seem 
further ahead in their ERM structures than others, uh, but it just seems like they, all of them recognize the huge importance that having these sophisticated models will, will provide for their agencies and provide for, for them to be able to, to, to hit their mission and to succeed on their objectives and goals. Um, so when I look at it, if I'm somebody, this is an area, I have a passion for risk. I know, Paul, we talked about offline. Uh, just because as a marketing faculty, this is one of the DVs that I study. You know, I look at financial risk of how marketing variables um, cause, you know, kind of how they do risk mitigation on, on cash flow or you know, mitigate cash flow risk for firms. Um, but I see this as a really cool area for people to get into and one that's growing a lot. But then there aren't. And one of the reasons we started this program was that, you know, there weren't defined pathways for someone uh, to step into these positions. I think that's that's lessening you know i think it's becoming more of a, a regular role and title and position especially within the federal world uh, and so it's one that you know students coming out of our graduate programs and when we talk about them and these that you know kind of the world's your oyster in the federal space it seems like there's a lot of potential to to grow in the position to grow into the role um and there are a lot of opportunities across agencies both whether in the, the dod the civ or the ic that you know there's a lot of potential for you to step in and and grow and have a really fun exciting career absolutely you know and again you know thanks to you all for for doing this because it's just there's just not much out there and you know we need some uh some future leaders here so i think all you up and coming risk managers you, you know where to go give mr brett here a call dr brett <laughs> um so and yeah and also just, just brett yeah oh, just <laughs> brett, call him brett but um i did just see call uh, me brett. yeah i saw on your site you also i mean like you said you do have these other c-suite programs it's really really interesting the chief data officer the chief diversity equity inclusion so these are all things that are coming up in commercial and government for sure so you know that's really cool so they I, are yeah, yeah i love that well, so and the, I, I guess yeah, go ahead. The, I would say the last thing I'll, you know, I'll say about that, you know, Paul, is you mentioned the other programs. What, you know, I, we talk about what makes the Mason program unique and some of the value we think it provides. The content, you know, we, we, we think is fantastic and the faculty members are great and they provide you the leading frameworks. You're going to build a cohort, uh, a, a collective of current risk professionals. You know, we tie, we try to create this as a real family environment that once you're in our programs, you are part of the Mason family. And so it's, you know, not only current students, past students, it's the advisory boards. But one thing we've done actually, and this came mostly as, as my time as a marketing professor, uh, that the CMO literature, the chief marketing officer literature is very uh, robust and defined on the challenges that CMOs face in linking across C-suites, that no one knows what the CMO does, or the other C-suites don't understand what they do, they don't understand their purpose, they don't fit well, they don't understand their reporting structure, and there's a lot of siloed nature in how the C-suite operates. So actually for a portion of the program, uh, in fact, you know, the business acumen courses and the leadership courses, we actually have the C-suite sit those classes together. And so the CRO is actually going to be taking learning opportunities or sitting in a class with a chief data officer, with the chief learning officer, with a chief diversity officer, with the chief marketing officer program now that's coming online in April uh, and the many others that we have kind of planned out over the next 18 months to, to launch and get online. And we see that, you know, when we talk to students in kind of our, our outbriefing, they start to talk about this, that, you know, the benefit that they had, they built a diverse network that they didn't normally have, they didn't normally get. 
not only federal to commercial, but across roles. Um, and we're really seeing some cool linkages between CROs, especially risk with data, um, I think was a natural pairing. But risk now with with the learning group, which is you know talent development for the organization, and you know especially when we do like internal threat assessment, um, you know an internal risk mitigation strategies. You know your human talent pool is such a, a huge part of that. Uh, I know through you know when I have to go through my security, you know those, those training elements and everything's about insider insider threat assessment. Um, but we're also seeing it now with that diversity, equity, inclusion piece of linking those in with risk and having that perspective of how, you know, how are you setting up your framework to deal with these other issues? It really creates this cool cross-pollinization of ideas and, and, and cultures um, and, and kind of, I wouldn't say people um, or just, you know, groups of people, groups of, of roles that you don't normally get in programs. So it's really exciting to kind of see them form those bonds and, and to create kind of lasting social networks from it. Right. No, and I'll just say I think you, you know, hit the nail on the head because over you know fifty something of these podcasts that I've done with chief risk officers, they always say, you know, I need to know who my colleagues are throughout the entire organization. You know, the CFOs, the CIOs, the CDOs, the C everything. Uh, you know, right. this is an enterprise uh, subject here. This is you know they really have to understand the organization, who are the leaders, who you got to talk to, who you got to network with who you got to get inputs from. So absolutely. I mean, they really need to understand all those roles throughout. So, yeah, I, I think it's so important. And it's one that we're excited that we get to bring into the program uh, when we're going to keep moving forward, you know, regardless of kind of where it goes from here, we always want to keep that element where they're getting that cross pollinization because it, it, it is such a problem in, in leadership today. You know, we just get very siloed within our, our in group and, you know, it can make, efficient operation difficult. That's right. ERM's the silo buster, hopefully, right? So but, so with <laughs> that, yeah, and this was great though. So thanks again, Brett, for uh for doing this podcast. If you want to give any final, you know, shout outs or, or plugs or whatever you want to call it, feel free. But it was great having you on. No, uh, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. This was fantastic. We obviously really value the relationships that we we have, the deep relationship we have with AFIRM. Uh, there's, we actually have a scholarship for this program uh, with AFIRM that actually uh, federal employees or federal members of, of uh, members of AFIRM are allowed to, I think we do it usually in September, right before the program starts, to actually submit an application. We select uh, usually one or two scholarship recipients to take the program and, and go through at a, you know, kind of a reduced scholarship rate uh, for that kind of be designated as an AFIRM scholar. So for those, you know, listening to the podcast, if you're interested in that program, you know, continue to look for those AFIRM announcements when they, they do their call for applications. Uh, we've really had a great group these last couple of years going through who are kind of those AFIRM designations uh, or designates as, as scholarship offers. Um, and we look forward to, you know, hopefully continuing to further the relationship with the community. Uh, we'd love to, you know, hear from you, from, from people who are interested in the program and find out how to make it work for them. Great. Well, again, I encourage everybody to check it out. We'll get, we'll put the website on our website and the link and, uh, yeah, thanks again, Brett. And thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Paul. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. As we said, we'll have the information for the program on our website and of course many many more risk chats coming up in this 2022 so hopefully it's going to be a 
little different than last year. We can all have hope, right? <laughs> but if not, we got our risk management to get us through it. So, and we'll be helping you with some great shows. And until that next show, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Risk Chats with a Firm.